Jason Sam Showdown. Hello, everybody. I'm Sam McEwen with the Omaha World Herald. Stephen M. Sipple with uh, the Lincoln Journal Star. How are you doing, Sip? Good, Sam. How are you? We're back for round three. I'm doing all right. Round I'm, three. That's... Round four, maybe. It, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. We're, we're, we're almost to game week, true game week. Yeah. We're, we're about 10 days out of where we are, uh, and Nebraska will have the first game of the season, essentially, against Illinois. Looking forward to that. We will get to sort of the Nebraska predictions next week, but this week we're going to focus a little bit on, again, the little elements that are going to make up a successful or an unsuccessful season for the Huskers. Let's start with defense. Uh, we've heard a lot from the defensive coaches over the last couple of weeks. We've spent more time on the problem child, which is offense for Nebraska. Defense appears to be the strength of this team. I'm curious, as topic number one, what do you think is their biggest strength, and what do you think is their biggest weakness on defense? Do you want me to start off with a strength? I do. Sam, I always my mind always shifts first to the secondary, and particularly three players. Deontay Williams, Markel Dismuke, and Cam Taylor Britt. The two safeties, Dismuke and, and Williams, because they're, they're old dudes. I mean, right. they're, they're in their mid-20s. They're sixth-year seniors. They're, you know what they are? They're stabilizers. They're not, nothing's going to surprise them at this point, or very rarely, and they'll be able to adjust if there is a surprise. Cam Taylor Britt's basically in that same boat, not nearly as experienced, even though he's a junior. But that's a, that's a good group of guys. And they got great competition at that other corner spot, which I expect Quentin Newsom to emerge there, and I think he'll be a very good corner. My strength. Okay, what is your strength? Is how Nebraska defends the run. Oh, I think they have gotten sure incrementally better okay. and better and better. And I think this will be the best run defense they've had since 2015 when they had Malik Collins and they had Greg McMullen and they had Vincent Valentine. They had NFL players. Malik is obviously in his second contract. Here's why I think the run defense is going get, to get better. One, they have recruited the kind of bodies that fit a 3-4 defense. Their nose tackle is 320. It's Damian Daniels. Their defensive end is Ty Robinson. Casey Rogers has come on. Ben Stilley has come on. Jordan Riley. DeAndre Thomas. The size component there along the defensive line is good. Two, Tony Tuayote is a really good coach. And I think what they have taught these guys is how to stop the run by not being selfish, by not getting out of a gap, by not attacking a play. They've done a really good job of trying to lock in on manning your gap. Three, I think their outside linebackers have gotten way better against the run. JoJo Doman shuts down the jet sweeps. Garrett Nelson plays like a Wisconsin linebacker against the run. He does a great job of taking on blocks and being physical. The point of a 3-4 defense against the run is you just make it sort of a nightmare to run the ball. It isn't necessarily that you're shooting a lot of gaps, but running backs don't have many holes to go through. Inherently, the strength of a 3-4 should be to stop the run because you've got different guys kind of man in different spots. And I think, and I'll be bold, I think Nebraska is going to allow around three yards a carry this season. Sam, three now, hold on. yards hold on. a carry. Sam, they allowed 4.2 last they did. year. All in Big you, Ten play. Do you think it can go down that far? I do. I think it's going to be really, really close. If it close. goes down to 3.0, they'll be a top 10 run defense. They will. And that I would think be they're a going top to be 10 very, very good. I, I, hope I think they're going to be really good at run defense. It would be really interesting to cover a team that's a top 10 run defense. Well, we weren't that far in 2015. I mean, it was top 20, 24, 25. 2015, Sam. stopped running the ball. Sam, I, was a, I looked a lot 20. better in 2015, okay? We, team stopped running the ball in 2015 against Nebraska because they knew yeah. they couldn't do it. Yep. 
What did they start doing? They started throwing it. Mm -hmm. And this is going to surprise people based on your strength. I think the weakness is actually how they're going to defend the deep pass. The deep pass? Yeah. Why the deep pass? Well, for a couple reasons. One, I don't think their pass rush is going to be as good as they want it to be. I think they're going to have to apportion more guys to pressuring the quarterback. That's going to leave the back end a little exposed. Can Cam Taylor Brick get the job done? I do think so. I do too. I think he's a dynamic player who is who loves to go one on one with people. I think he's going to get beat at times, but I think he's a dynamic guy. Not sure about that number two spot. We'll see. Boodle wasn't great against see, the deep pass. Right. Newsom wasn't great last year, and I'm not sure about one of the, at least one of the safeties can get caught flat-footed on some deep throws. And I think Oklahoma may expose that. I think they're going to well, struggle they, more uh, against the pass than the run. Oklahoma exposes almost everybody. They do. Going from 4.2 yards per carry allowed to 3.0, it yeah. sounds a little bit like a pipe dream to me. Gutsy. Uh, <laughs> I got guts. Was that fair? fair? I mean, that's a, a big jump. So. Yeah. Especially now, again, from taking into account they're going to play Buffalo and Fordham. Yeah. And yeah. They allowed 4.8 yards per carry just in 2019. That's right. That's a massive, massive jump. Now, they do. I do like their personnel up front. I, I don't disagree with you on that. And I do, you know, JoJo, I think JoJo Doman could be a star. He can. Not not as a pass rusher, but in a run-stopping role. I think he's that type of player. So I'm, I, don't, I think there'll be a lot of improvement against the run. I think they could go from 4.2 yards allowed per carry to 3.7. Okay. 3.0 is a whole great. other world. 3.0 yeah. is a whole other world. It's, a, it's right That's around the, the Clemson 09. world. Yeah. Yes, it is. 2.78 was, I think, Nebraska in 09. I'm, yeah. I'm being a little bold. I'm being it's on bold. the bold side. If they end up at 3.2, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. Yeah. Well, so, I will give you full credit <laughs> if they do okay. I'm going to take it. What I'll say is that I think they're going to face a lot of teams that say we're, we're just going to stop trying to run the ball, just like Purdue did. Oh, Sam. They're going to face a bunch of teams this year that I think maybe five or six teams that are going to not abandon the run, but they're going to get closer to that than maybe they have been in the past, and they're going to try to take this team on from a passing perspective. Yeah, we'll that, that would, I mean, Nebraska fans, would I think about how exciting that would be to see a team that stuffs the run at that level. We just, we just haven't seen We kind of saw it in 2015, but, but teams long time threw ago. all over them. That was the problem. And I think Nebraska could have an issue in pass defense this year. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe, maybe their pass defense is the best that it's been since Bo was here. And if there was one thing that Bo was really good at, it was defending the pass. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were elite at that. He was a genius when it came to pass defense. Run defense, not so much. But I think they're going to struggle at times, partially because they don't have a guy who can get home. And I think they only got one corner who's really good against the deep pass. Okay. Second, well, we'll see on that. We will see. We absolutely will. Second topic. A game that you're looking at in the, in the schedule this year, whether it's non-conference or it's the Big Ten, that you think all of us are overlooking in the media and in the fan base, and I'm going to pull Illinois out of that because yep. no one's overlooking that game. It's a huge game. Everybody knows it. So we can't pick Illinois. But after Illinois, is there a game that you think this is a much bigger game than it appears to be on paper? Yeah, there's one that hits me like a sledgehammer because this team has hit Nebraska like a sledgehammer. It's October 16th at Minnesota. We all talk about the November schedule, and it's a bear. It's a bear. It is. The October schedule schedule's not that much easier. And you're going to Minnesota on October 16th. It's the only road game in October against a team that two years ago flat out hammered you. 
Last Basically year, in mid-October. Yeah. Last year beat you down 33 guys. Without 33 guys, they came into your home field and beat you. They have 10 guys back. Minnesota has 10 guys back on defense, including a, a bona fide pass rusher in... Boy Amafe. Yeah, Boy Amafe. Thank you. I would botch that name. Boy Amafe. Thank you, yeah. Sam. They have a returning starter at quarterback, a three-year starter at quarterback in Tanner Morgan. Best running back in the Big Ten. The, Mo Ibrahim. Mm -hmm. Now, they don't have much at receiver. Um, they're, they're, they we'll don't have see. a lot. Yeah, they don't have a lot that, that jumps out at you. But that game is critical. It is. I mean, it is a critical game in October. It kind of sets you up for November. Everybody's looking at November. I'm looking at that trip to Minnesota on October 16th. Sip, do you think Nebraska's coaching staff likes P.J. Fleck? <laughs> I don't. I don't think the head coach. Not at all. Yeah, I would say the head coach for sure, Scott Frost, is not a gigantic not a fan? fan. Yeah. I mean, I what, think, what's the evidence? One piece of evidence was in Indy, right? It is. When he said, "Yeah," he he said, "I'm not. Big I'm not on into sloganeering. Sloganeering." Or when PJ came in 2018 and spread the sand on the field before the game, yeah. or whatever that was. I don't remember what it was. Ashes or something. Yeah. Um, I think it's possible that if you were to ask the, the coaching staff of Nebraska, Minnesota raises their ire almost as much as Iowa. Because I don't think they hate Iowa. I don't think there's like a lot of like no. blood disrespect for Iowa. How can there be? Mm -hmm. I mean, Shenander played there. Yeah. There's Roots there, one of their GA, or not their GA, but Frank Verducci was a coach there. Mm -hmm. I don't think they have antipathy for Iowa. Mm -hmm. Antipathy for, for Minnesota? Seems, I think so. Yeah. I think Minnesota's the new Missouri. Oh, like, good comparison. You know how you know yeah, how we were supposed comparison. to always really dislike Oklahoma, but she kind of had a yeah. modicum of respect. Well, maybe Oklahoma is Wisconsin, or I don't know. Oh, but, no, I but like Minnesota, that. Missouri, they're kind of Missouri. Yeah, um, and, and not because of the fans, because it used to be the fans were rotten. But but at Minnesota, I think it's more that coach. He mm -hmm. just ticks people off. Mm -hmm. And actually, I'm I'm picking that. I'll tell you, people, right now, I'm picking that game as a loss. I think Nebraska's uh, yeah. going to lose. Yeah, um, I think that's a decent Minnesota team, slightly better than some other people think. I think Minnesota's better than some people think, and I think Northwestern's worse. I don't think Northwestern's going to be as good as they're predicted to be. I think Minnesota's going to so be your a game? better. Michigan State. Okay. I think the reason that I say that is twofold. One, uh, I'm anticipating Nebraska coming off a loss at Oklahoma. Now, maybe it's a character-building loss where they lose by 10 and they kick themselves and they go, oh, shucks, we should have won. Maybe it's 28 points. And that wouldn't necessarily be a criticism of Nebraska if they'd lose that. If they go down there and they lose 42-17, to 17, I'm not sure how bad that's going to look on the Huskers. Oklahoma's really, really good. But the very following week, two road games in a row. The second of those two road games is always tough for yeah. a team. Oh, yeah. And they go to Michigan State where the, these guys have not been. Um, we've been there, you and I, mm -hmm. back in 2014. Mm -hmm. But Nebraska has not been there in a long time. It's not the easiest place to play. No, it's, it's a not. pretty good stadium. And Mel Tucker has, a, has a, a coaching style and philosophy that keeps games close, usually. They beat Northwestern in Michigan last year, and they didn't have any business beating either one. And they were able to do it because they play some defense, they run the ball, the clock gets, gets thin. If you fall down 10 nothing, you could lose it. Mm -hmm. And if Nebraska loses that game after losing to Oklahoma, this is gonna. This could. It could go. It could go south quick because then you get Northwestern. Mm -hmm. Then you get Michigan. Neither team will be easy to beat. Mm -hmm. I think Nebraska can beat both, mm -hmm. but I think they need to beat Michigan State first. Yeah, I mean, it gets back to that conversation that Nebraska is sort of fragile. I'd like mm -hmm. to stand here someday 
and say it doesn't really matter what happens at Michigan State. They can come back and take care of Northwestern. Maybe they get beat by Michigan State. Why, why does it matter so much? Why does Illinois matter so much? Why is, it, why is everybody on pins and needles going into August 28th? Because, it, because there's this perception that the program's fragile. Yeah. And it's, it's earned that perception. I mean, you it earn, has I think it. you earn a perception. But that, yeah, they have. It, it's, it's, I, I hope someday we're standing here not worried about that so much. And that Michigan State's just a game, just another game that you got to win, and it shouldn't affect you It should term. be Purdue in 2013. Michigan State in 2021 is not going to be a good team. No. I think the best that they're going to finish, that, I, I don't know what I have them predicted, at 3-9, and 4-8, yeah. and eight, this isn't a great team. So Nebraska should beat them. But I've found experientially that when you overlook those kind of teams, those are the teams that bite you, Purdue in 2019 or whatever. Last topic. Okay. How far is Nebraska from the top of the Big Ten West? Do we agree on who the best team in the Big Ten West is this year? Well, I just think it, it's almost by default Wisconsin. Correct. It, it has to be. It and it's a lot of it's based on history. I was not far, but yeah, no. Wisconsin. Now, and a lot of that is Wisconsin should have a really strong defense. The best. Yeah. And it, and the it best in ten. It'll time. be very difficult to go up there and beat a team with that sort of defense. Right. But is, how far is Nebraska away from Iowa? Not far. I think they're ready to beat Iowa. Are they far away from Northwestern? I've never felt they're far no. away from Northwestern. So how far are they away? Not that far. And now this is where I lapse into apologist mode, which I know I'm known to do. Those programs should be far ahead of Nebraska. Wisconsin's had the blueprint since 1990. Yeah. Kirk Ferentz has been at Iowa 25 for 25 years. years. Yep. Fitzgerald at North, has been at Northwestern for 13-plus years. Their talent is so far above. Right. But anyway, I, I mean, there's a part of me that's always like, why, why should we expect Nebraska to be on even terms with programs that have been in place for so long? Right. But I would say this. They're not that far away. I don't think Nebraska's that far away. Neither do I. I think they're, I think they're relatively close uh, in, in some ways. I think roster construction, they're pretty much there. I think if you took Northwesterns, if you took Nebraska's players and you gave them to Pat Fitzgerald, I don't think he would turn them down. He might in the sense that, oh, I'd never turn down my own guys. But do I think he would take Adrian Martinez tomorrow over the the guy that they didn't want to start the last two years? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Do I think that he would take Nebraska's running backs over his own, including the guy that just got hurt and the two guys that transferred? I do. I think he would take the tight ends. I think he'd take the receivers. And he might just take almost all of the line except mm -hmm. for one of the tackles. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to take 10 or 11 of guys on an offense, you're close, yeah. and that team's won two division titles in right. the last three years. Right. Northwestern success is a commentary on everyone else. They're like Superman in reverse. And when they do well, that means someone else screwed up. Mm -hmm. Because they're, I'm not trying to knock their program. I have an immense amount of respect for how they don't beat themselves. If you ask Matt Lubick which coach he respected the most last year, it was Hankwitz because he's the defensive coordinator. That's what these guys do. But Nebraska, if they can match that coaching execution and the discipline, that's, they, they're right at the top. Sam, that's the question. I mean, it is somewhat a coaching question that evolves into just a program stability discussion. But unfortunately, those things aren't separated by much. No. Some, in some ways, this is a coaching discussion. You, you have to be able to out-coach Paul Christ. Look at his record. It's not easy to do. Ference is Ference. I mean, it's a, he's got an established right. system. Nothing surprises him. They know exactly what they're going to do all the time. If you looked at their film in 2001, it looked roughly the same as it, it, as it does, does now. 
um, Northwestern, they have the formula. The, Nebraska, the formula is what you don't really know yet right. about Nebraska. We're, we're talking about the offensive, maybe sh the offensive formula maybe shifting right now. Power run, yeah. tough run D. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is, and you just do it out of the shotgun instead of under the center. Maybe yeah. it looks a little bit like what Northwestern does. I, I don't know. Like They're going under center at Nebraska this year, Sam? A little bit. They certainly could. I think Lubick's got that in background, and obviously Frost does too. The advantage you get from going under center is your play-action passes are better. Yeah. Because your lineback the linebackers can see out of the shotgun. They can see where the fake is, and it's it, your play-action pass becomes better under center. They did that stuff under Tim Beck. If mm -hmm. you remember, Tim Beck in 2011 did that stuff. Mm -hmm. Sean Watson obviously did it. I liked the offense a little bit more when they had the flexibility to th to, to run Go a toss on. pitch. Yeah. Or to or to play action fake and pull and throw deep, mm -hmm. and I just don't know that Adrian's had a lot of those advantages. I think Adrian's run something closer to a Joe Burrow offense for several years, and he doesn't have Joe Burrow's weapons. Mm -hmm. And we've always, I've talked many times about how I don't think Nebraska screwed up by not taking Joe Burrow, regardless of the results. And I think one of the things that's different about the two quarterbacks is that Martinez didn't have the weapons. And he didn't have Thank the you. line Thank you. that LSU did. Right. And so Burrow was able to do all those things. And he's a great player. Mm -hmm. But that's the advantage that I think Martinez has lacked. Now it's possible that they've retrofitted the scheme to the personnel they actually have. And they're, they're, they're a little less, hey, five wides, and let's see if our slots can outrun the safeties. And a little bit more, we've got tight ends who can go block, and let's run behind them. Mm -hmm. And if they do that, I'm telling you, I think... I think they can go into November with an outside chance of winning the West. I don't think they're going to. Right. I think they're going to finish third or fourth right. or third or fourth. But they have an outside chance of winning it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think we're we're on the same page, fortunately, on that Not one. For once. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, I'll tell you another thing. If, if, that's, if what you described, a more of a run-focused offense, a tough running offense with a run-stopping defense, Nebraska fans are going to like that. That matters. That matters. I mean, good feeling matters. It does. Um, so we'll see. Good feeling should end up in good wins. That is our episode for this week. For SIP, I'm Sam, and this is the SIP and Sam Showdown. <laughs>